Hey, this episode of the Adventist Millennial Podcast is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. What's the and more? Well, you'll have to go to their website to find out. Thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Well, 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 so you're back, are you? Here for more incredible content coming straight at you. <laughs> Um, in today's episode of The Bumblings of Emily, (laughs) I have to tell you that I locked myself out of my house yesterday. The sad part is this is not the first time this has happened. I do it quite frequently. (laughs) And, um, have I talked about this before? See, this is how bad it is. I don't even remember (laughs) if I've told you because I lock myself out so often. (laughs) And I don't really think of myself as, like, a absent-minded person who loses things all the time, but clearly that is the case because (laughs) this has happened one too many times. I have like a keychain that splits into two, um, and I just take the side that has the house key on it when I walk the dog because I don't need like a whole thing of keys in my pocket. Anyway, yesterday I took the wrong half with me, (laughs) and I got back and I'm like, oh man, I did it again. And in the past, uh, when the weather is nice, as it so rarely is in Southern California. Um, I just leave the patio door unlocked on the balcony. And, and so in the past, I've climbed the drain pipe up to the balcony and gone in through the unlocked screen door. Well, I was like, I've climbed up this thing before. It can't be that bad. And I was trying to psych myself up to do it. And it just, seemed like so much higher than it was the last time it's so much more dangerous and I was like the last time I did it I I scraped my legs up I almost fell down it was like this whole thing so finally I wimped out and I asked the super to open my door for me (laughs) so guys I hope there's never a key to this podcast because I will forget it and we'll all be locked out But despite my misadventures, that's not what we're here to talk about today. I hope you're all gearing up for an amazing Easter weekend and you're involved in the plays and the pageants and the programs that are happening at your churches around the country and around the world. Or maybe you're doing an Easter egg hunt or maybe you're like going to Camporee, whatever you're doing. Happy Easter. Today, we're going to talk about my celebrity crush, because why not? And of course, it will tie in. Everything ties back in on this podcast. That's the wizardry of my rhetorical expertise. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) At least these are the delusions I lead myself to believe. Um, And then hopefully I'll have a few words of encouragement for you guys if you're in a rough place as we all are sometimes. So before we do that though, let me just remind you that you can find me various places online, such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at SDA Millennial. You can email me at AdventistMillennial at gmail.com. You can also join our Slack space for Adventist Millennials, where you can meet other interesting people who have listened to this podcast and probably have their own interesting things to say. And with that, let's kick off this weird episode. So, like I said, this is going to be a weird episode. (laughs) I'm going to be, like, very out of character, so don't feel bad if you feel uncomfortable and, like, just strange. Because I'm going to be, like, encouraging. What? I don't do that. And talk about my celebrity crush. What? That's against type. Um... (laughs) 
but what am I here for if not to embarrass myself in front of the whole world for your entertainment pleasure? So my celebrity crush has been, for many years, one Ryan Hansen. Okay, those of you who watched Veronica Mars, you'll remember him of Dick Casablanca's fame. <laughs> and even though Dick the character was a bit of a dick and aptly named, I always liked Ryan Hansen who played him. And then he was on Party Down after Veronica Mars and I liked him in that. And then he was in various other things. Recently he's been in Ryan Hansen solves crimes on television on YouTube, Red. And I have followed him on Instagram for a while and I realized like, oh, he has been married since like before he got famous and they have like three kids and it seems like he lives a really cool fun life or whatever and I was always like oh good for him you know that's that doesn't seem common in Hollywood and then I was listening to another podcast by the name of Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard and in listening to this I realized I'm only one of a throng of people who's in love with Ryan Hansen because he's so charismatic and likable and adorable and all of these things. So <clears throat> he and Dax Shepard apparently are like really good friends because as you know, Dax Shepard is married to Kristen Bell who was on Veronica Mars with Ryan Hansen and apparently they've been friends for a really long time and he and his wife like lived with Kristen Bell for a while before she got together with Dax Shepard and they were having this conversation and Dax was just going on and on about how like awesome of a person Ryan is and they were describing you know how the fact that he grew up as a Christian his dad was a pastor he did all the things that we're familiar with living in Christian culture like going to youth group and hanging out and doing kosher things and all of this sort of stuff and, and Dax was talking about like how how foreign that was to him as someone who lived a very different life whose dad was a drug addict his parents were divorced he became a drug addict and an alcoholic himself um he had a lot of just a much rougher life um than ryan did and uh he was talking about the fact that when he first met them he was like very wary and he didn't trust them and he was like oh these people are christians and i'm not really on board with that i don't believe in god i think it's kind of stupid and you know a lot of the attitudes that that we're used to hearing from people who don't believe what we believe just this kind of skeptical wariness of christianity and and i didn't even realize before this that that ryan was a christian um but they were talking about how like he had dated his wife since high school and they like saved themselves for marriage and have been together through all this stuff and have a really uh, incredible welcoming home that is like the hub of their group of friends and and everybody feels welcome there and everybody feels uplifted and loved and cared about and um dax was just going on and on about how what a positive force in his life their family had been and he said something interesting uh he was like i was coming into this group of friends like from this raucous life and feeling a little bit sorry for ryan that he hadn't had all the amazing crazy wild experiences that i had um and and pitying him almost and then dax shepherd said but over the last however many years they've known each other, decade or whatever, he said, I, there have been several times where I was like, maybe I'm the one that missed out on something because there's just such a good, welcoming, uplifting atmosphere 
in Ryan Hansen's life. And he's like, man, did I miss out on that? And I thought that was, that's the kind of witness that, that we should be being to other people, even more than like giving Bible studies, which is the traditional way that Adventists think of witnessing. Um, because Christians get a bad rap. Dax Shepard's attitude first meeting Ryan and his wife comes from somewhere, because a lot of times we do this to ourselves. <laughs> as Christians, we're able to uh, and especially as Adventists, we're able to, like, run down all the doctrines that are correct. Um, but while we're saying all these things that we think are true, we simultaneously have really hypocritical culture that negates everything we're saying out of our mouth. Or maybe it confirms it if you <laughs> agree with me on theology. But the whole point is, <clears throat> a lot of times we're so busy talking about why we're right and why other people should believe what we believe that we fail in living a compelling life, which is what the Hansons are doing in Dak Shepard's estimation. Um, and I thought that was really cool because as Adventists, a lot of times we look at like Hollywood and think, oh, there's nothing good happening there. There are just a bunch of degenerate worldly people making this awful entertainment that nobody should watch because you're risking your salvation if you do and they don't have the truth and all this stuff. All the while, people like um, Ryan Hansen are living out their faith in a way that is compelling to people, in a way that loves people into a better place in their lives. And we're sitting over here self-righteously like, yes, but we understand the doctrine of the sanctuary, so checkmate. Like, really, how many Adventists do you know that, that people just say about them? They're a positive influence everywhere they go, and everybody likes them, and everybody wants to be around them, and they're, like, the pillar of their group of friends because they're so uplifting and good at bringing people together and making them feel loved. Like, that's not exactly what we're known for as Adventists. Half the time we're complaining about each other, about what so-and-so did at church, or what um, what we don't like about what's going on. I'm guilty of this, too. We talk about everyone else, who, who got piercings, or who watches Game of Thrones, or so-and-so donated to Notre Dame instead of donating to world hunger, which is not as righteous. It's just so often not an attractive attitude coming from Christianity that it's no wonder people become skeptical and distrustful. We often say that we just want to replicate Jesus to everyone we come in contact but with, but we don't usually live it out in the way that Dak Shepard describes Ryan Hansen living it out. Um, and so I thought that was cool, and I thought it was a good lesson for us to take from degenerate Hollywood. <laughs> and I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to throw stones and say that nobody in Adventism is good or nice or, or, or a true Christian. Obviously, there are those people, and I appreciate that when I see it, and that's kind of why I'm still here and why I'm doing this podcast, because I want to highlight those things. I'm not trying to throw stones, but let's be honest, a lot of times we don't live up to what we should be living up to. And that's all I wanted to say about that. If you haven't seen Veronica Mars or Party Down or Ryan Hansen Solves Crimes on Television, go watch them. They're good. Um, and strive to be more 
like Ryan Hansen in your personal circle of friends. Now I just have hopefully a few words of encouragement for you. Um, If you're feeling cynical about the church or about people or you're just in a down place or not having a great week, uh, I've recently been there, had my quarterly cry. (laughs) I've talked about on this podcast that I don't necessarily go through a roller coaster of emotions all the time, but I... I have them every once in a while and I just kind of collect them like the lint trap in the dryer where they just sort of pile up for several months and then then I watch a sad movie and it all comes out and then I'm good to go for another three months. Usually what builds up and what I feel is is the angst, the melancholy that comes over us and I guess that's why I like really angsty music or sad music and sad movies and sad stories and stuff. It's kind of cathartic in a way, maybe. (laughs) It's the only thing I can feel. (laughs) I don't know. After going through my periodic dark spell, I just wanted to circle back around and, and encourage anyone else who is going through their dark spell. And to remind you, like, that we're all just people. Um, we all have these things that we struggle with that nobody else really sees or that few other people see. And a lot of times we look around at everyone else and not realizing the things that they're going through. On an intellectual level, a lot of times we realize this, but when you're in the thick of it, it's not easy to remember. And so sometimes we place too much responsibility on the people around us and end up getting disappointed by them and either not seeing someone else's struggle and resenting the fact that they seem like they have everything together or seeing other people struggle who we think should have it together (laughs) and being disappointed in that way whatever we do we seem to disappoint each other (laughs) and be disappointed by each other (laughs) but whatever you're going through right now just remember like someone else is going through it too Uh, A couple of examples of what I'm talking about. As you may know, if you listen to this podcast, at one time in my life, I was a Bible worker and I worked for Youth for Jesus. And one year I was there. Um, I was like, what, 19? The kids who were attending Youth for Jesus were 13 to 16. So I wasn't that much older than them, but I was supposed to be kind of in this like mentorship role. While I was struggling through my own qualms about religion and theology and the things that I was hearing and how I could make sense of all of that and what being a good Christian looks like and what that means. And of course, as we know will happen, um, the kids were looking to me, though I didn't necessarily realize it. And if you are familiar with kind of the more conservative culture within the church, you realize that there is a special virtue in living a visually quote-unquote godly life. So, like, um, the length of your devotions is, like, virtuous and righteous, and if everyone sees that you're doing that, you know, you're upholding this godly image or living out this persona of how incredibly spiritual you are. And it's kind of expected of you to maintain that image, especially as a Bible worker and kind of in a mentorship role. So here I was as a Bible worker going through my own stuff, while at the same time I was supposed to be witnessing to the community and being an example to the younger kids. And I was 
like, man, this is exhausting. I'm walking door to door every day for a long time. It's hot. I'm dealing with all of these hooligan kids. I don't even like people that much to begin with, let alone kids. And I was like, yeah, man, this is too much for me. And I was not able to maintain that image of, oh, waking up at 5 a.m. and doing an hour and a half devotion and being like super righteous, whatever. And I have a distinct memory of one of the kids saying to me one day, um, we have to wake up early and I don't wake up earlier and do my devotions because I'm like, well, if the Bible worker is not doing it, why should I? <laughs> and that kind of stung me a little bit, but I realized at that point as a 19 year old <laughs> that the younger kids were taking their cues from me and I was just not realizing it. And on one hand, I, I was kind of stung by it, but then on the other hand, I was also kind of like, yeah, why should they? <laughs> why shouldn't they do it if I'm not doing it? Um, because there's so much pressure to like look righteous, but that's not usually the reality because what we estimate as righteousness from the outside, it's usually pretty, pretty shallow. <laughs> and so now looking back on it, I'm like, man, we're all just people. We're all going through our, our own ups and downs and, and we can't look at other people <laughs> for our model of what what our lives need to be I mean other than Ryan Hansen of course we can look at that as a model (laughs) but but you know what I mean like like placing placing value on what other people are doing and adjusting our own actions to match up with that to maintain an image is is not helpful um and, and there was another example that happened that same year where these two guys were coming to our evangelistic meetings and I don't know they were like late teens early 20s maybe they were around my age and of course our jobs as these upstanding witnesses is to kind of woo the the visitors and like you know bring them in and witness to them and convert them essentially but these two guys were coming to the meetings and I was like man these guys are Adventists I'm pretty sure they went to the academy I've seen them around at church so I was like man I don't need to (laughs) I don't need to go out of my way to like witness to them because I just assumed you know they're fine and this is an attitude that I have struggled with and seen a lot especially within Adventism the idea that like oh if you know oh of Adventist doctrines, then I don't have a responsibility to you to, like, witness to you because, you know, you're probably good. We're all Adventists. We're all part of the remnant. Our work is done here. You're good. Um, and, and those two guys ended up getting baptized. And I can't remember if, if they were saying it directly to me or, or I heard them talking to someone else, but basically they were saying, like, they didn't they hadn't understood these things about God. They didn't know. They were scared. And we had treated them as if, you know, they were good to go when they were feeling just as lost as anyone else. And we assume because other people's are other people are within the Adventist community that that our responsibility to them is over because, oh, they've heard, you know, the truth. Which half the time they haven't even heard the truth, whatever the truth is. And I think a lot of times we forget that we're not just supposed to be a light to people we consider on the outside, but also to each other all the time. And and, and sometimes those are the most important people to uplift and to, to give a hand up. Um, 
because we all feel lost and and like I said we're all just people and I think that's why so many of us are feeling out of place or dissatisfied or disillusioned with the church because that is all of us all the time we're all struggling all the time and we all get in those low places and we've all been the kid who took our cues from someone else um, and modeled our behavior based on what a leader was doing. We've all been the person who didn't realize <laughs> that other people were taking their cues from us and influencing other people without realizing it. We've probably all been the person who other people assume are all good, but we feel like really lost. We've all been those people at one time or another, and we all assume that it's just us that is, and, and that's just not really true. So after having my quarterly cry, <laughs> I finally came to a place that, I, that I've never really been before of just feeling the pain and the suffering of living in a fallen world, but also being like kind of fine with it and not really being bothered by it um, and knowing that maybe I'm feeling this, but it'll be gone tomorrow because <laughs> usually when I get in that dark place, I'm like, this is the end of the world. Nothing is, nothing is good. Nothing is right. And this really sort of nihilistic Ecclesiastes, vanity, vanity, all is vanity type of attitude. And it's just like extremely painful for that moment. But this time, for some reason, I was like, yeah, I feel crappy, but I also don't. And it was these two opposing, like, feelings of everything is fine. Everything is still just as joyful as it was yesterday. I just feel bad today. <laughs> and weirdly, I was okay with it. I can't really describe how or why or exactly what. And maybe some of you have experienced this before. But this kind of vibe that I'm talking about is uh, encapsulated pretty well in a new song, Orpheus. This is on the... A uh, new album from Sarah Bareilles called Amidst the Chaos. So go check it out if you want kind of like an angsty ballad that also is kind of hopeful at the same time. It's kind of about the mythology of Orpheus, who whose story is a little bit reminiscent of like Lot's wife, who, who turned back to Sodom and Gomorrah and turned into a pillar of salt. Anyway, if you don't know the story of Orpheus, basically he is trying to save his lover from the underworld and he can bring her out she's following him out but if he turns around like he d loses her for whatever and he of course he ends up turning around so anyway this song is about like don't be orpheus <laughs> don't turn don't turn around everything is chaos everything looks like it's gone to hell in a handbasket but hopefully we can find some love and joy through through the angst of life and that's true, like, there's crappy stuff in there, this world, there's angst, there's pain, um, and a lot of times there is nothing you can do about, but maybe we can all reach that place of, of being like, yeah, this sucks, but also I'm fine with it, <laughs> and it doesn't bother me the way that it used to. Um, there's joy through entropy, there's hope through chaos, and, and that's worth holding on to. And if you guys can't find a good old Ryan Hansen in your life to bring some happiness and uplift you, then maybe we can all be that in our sphere of influence. And except for like that once a quarter, <laughs> um, hopefully I can try to be that for you guys and the people around me, but but don't let yourself get too down if, if you're feeling... If you've been feeling that way lately, I was lately, and 
And it was weird and nice to also be able to say, like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It's just a feeling. And it's not even, like, the feeling of, like, oh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But, But getting to the place of there being a light in the tunnel with you. Of feeling the centrifugal force of, like, spinning through this horrible, suffering planet. Yet not being bothered by it. I want that for all of you guys, and I hope you have a great weekend, and take some encouragement, and and find something hopeful through the chaos. Okay, happy Easter everyone, see you later.